0: So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I'm joined as always by my friend, my good buddy from Rockville Center, New York, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. Everything's okay, Deacon. Yep, everything's good here. Uh, You picked another good topic today. You want to talk about sanctifying grace. So first of all, what is it, Frank? Sanctifying
1: grace is the life of God in us, the supernatural life of the soul. It's given first through baptism, then through the other six sacraments. Sanctifying grace was restored through the passion and death of Christ. And I can't stress enough the importance of sanctifying grace and hopefully we can help people with this topic. Right.
0: Well, sanctification means to make holy. Nothing is holier than God himself. So when we are sanctified, we're made more like God. But sanctification is not just becoming like God. Sanctification through grace is participation in the life of God. That's the catechism. Right. Now, there's a second kind of grace, right, Frank? Right. The second kind of
1: grace we're going to talk about is actual grace. And that's the prompting of the Holy Spirit to do good and avoid evil. Okay. When we, when we forgive someone, when we help someone in need or we, we, we hold back something that we shouldn't say, these are the, the good promptings of the Holy Spirit that, that actual grace is working in us.
0: Okay. So actual grace depends on sanctifying grace actual grace is the calling to go the extra mile, the prompting to forgive, to urge, to go to confession. The Catechism says the grace of Christ is the gratuitous gift that God makes to us of his own life, infused by the Holy Spirit into our soul to heal it of sin and to sanctify it. So it's a gift from God. Can we then increase or strengthen it? Yeah, of
1: course. I mean, you know, by our good works, but I, I like to use marriage as an example, because you, you see this kind of thing happening a lot. The more you desire to be a faithful spouse, the more sanctifying and actual grace is strengthened in your soul. That's why it's so important, like never to talk bad about your spouse. It affre- it offends the sacrament of matrimony. You know, the two become one, and it's like talking bad about yourself. It's like punching yourself in the face. And that that kills grace
0: in the marriage. I like the way you describe the difference, you know, between sanctifying and actual. All grace makes the soul holy and pleasing to God. That's good. An easy way to understand actual grace is to remember that it enables us to act. It's the strength that God gives us to act according to his will. Sanctifying grace is a state in which God allows us to share in his life and love. So we speak of being in the state of grace. We mean the state of sanctifying grace. Then there's no mortal sin in us. And this grace comes to us first in baptism, as you said, and then in the other sacraments. So that leads us to why should you not receive communion if you are in mortal sin?
1: Well, because you've separated yourself from God and that kills sanctifying grace, you know, the grace in the soul. We must realize that Holy Communion doesn't bring life to a soul. It helps restore the life of the soul. You know, in our natural lives, think about it. Do you feed a dead person? Of course not. It's the same in a spiritual life. We're in effect a dead soul walking when yeah. mortal sin, and unfortunately, you see a lot of people receiving sacrilegious communions because a lot of times they don't they don't have an idea what mortal sin is. But the, the sacrilegious communion is really bad because not only does it kill sanctifying grace, but it deadens the conscience. It kills actual grace. Don't forget the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, wisdom, understanding, they get deadened. A lot of times, you know, you'll hear people, you know, in a bar. Oh, you know, I'm just I'm going to go to hell with the rest of my friends. (laughs) People don't understand what they're saying when they make a comment like that. You know, St. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians. It's very important to note the city of Corinth was a well-to-do port town. And the people were very bad. So bad he had to write a second letter to them. Or more. but yeah, right. But he tells us, you know, to receive the body and blood of Christ unworthily is to bring condemnation down upon yourself.
0: Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough admonition from St. Paul there. It's funny people lose their cell phones or they lose their wallet and they go crazy like it's right. a, a real crisis. But if right. they lose access to eternal life with God, they sleep great. It doesn't phase them. Now the sacrament of penance is for spiritual healing. Can we restore grace once lost?
1: Right. That's how you restore it. You have to get to confession as soon as possible because you never want to be separated from God. You know, you run the risk of losing him forever. You know, and and it can also be restored in the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. But I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend waiting that long because you don't know when that's going to come. You know, Saint Saint Joseph Kanzati says that if you desire to be holy, be humble. If you desire to be very holy, be very humble. And You know, going to confession is a humbling experience, but but we really have to get there.
0: But don't forget, if you're in mortal sin, and you can't get to confession that day. I mean, you can make what we used to call a perfect act of contrition. Yes. You have to be genuinely sorry for your sin first, because you know that you offended God. And that's a sincere uh, sense of sorrow. And second, because you don't want to lose your soul. So you make a perfect act of contrition, as you say, by being humble yeah. Before God. Right. Until
1: you can get and make make a make a confession. Right. Exactly.
0: Now, we only get sanctifying grace through the seven sacraments. Right? Yeah. And he, yeah. And
1: Each one has a specific grace. So the sacrament of the sick gives us hope, abolishes fear and may, maybe heals us physically. You know, the sacrament of marriage gives us fidelity and holiness. And of course, the Eucharist. There's so many I couldn't. I could. The podcast not long enough to list to list them all.
0: But we say a lot. Hail Mary, full of grace. Right? Yes, and being full of grace, Mary is filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and in heaven, her wish always prevails. We believe, and her intercession never fails. Right? Oh, it's so
1: true. But never forget the Blessed Mother, because she fulfilled. Christ will on earth. Full perfectly. of grace. Yes, perfectly. He'll never turn her her request down in heaven. So that's an excellent point. Always, you, you know, look for the intercession of your mother.
0: Now, when we do what God asks, he will bless us always. Always. And he blesses us always with sanctifying grace. So how do you want to wrap this up, Frank?
1: Well, I, I would just like to say that think of grace is it, it draws us to what is plain and humble. You know, yeah. grace is, is kind and open-hearted and grace leads us to virtue, you know? And I think Pope, uh, you know, uh, Benedict said it well when he said, we can't be neutral when it comes to God. We either say yes or
0: no, and grace helps us say yes. And it makes us fit for the kingdom of God. Well yeah. done, Frank, I appreciate it. Folks, like us and follow us on your podcast platform and send us an email at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com, Conversation at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot. I'll talk to you next time, okay? Thanks, Deacon. God bless.